This is the Schnauzer Logic Radio Company. And this is Not the Podcast, episode number eight, being recorded on a Wednesday. It's March the 1st. Rabbit, 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 2023. There's a lot to be said for making people laugh. Did you know that's all some people have? It isn't much, but it's better than nothing in this cockeyed caravan. <laughs> Sonavista, my friends. Sonavista, and welcome. You've managed to tune in, latch on, and otherwise download that stream of bits known around the world as Not the Podcast. Yes, this is Not the Podcast. And my name is Robin Goldstein. I'm your host, I'm your buddy, and I'm your pal. I'm also a straight white, was a vegetarian, lesbian fraternity boy, trapped in the body of a recovering transsexual woman, patent attorney with a bizarre sense of humor, and a master's degree in city planning. And I am thrilled and delighted to welcome you to. Uh, like three episodes in a row. Can you believe it? <laughs> but uh, there's a lot to be said for making people laugh. And so if that feels like a, a, a good reason to, to sit down here behind the microphone, I, I think today will be an interesting uh, half hour of your time. Uh, I want to talk about... Uh, I gave my first ride as an Uber driver. Yeah, that was really weird. Uh, that was kind of interesting, and uh, and and I got kicked out of a uh, of a music composing group for making comments about uh, anti-trans crap. So anyhow, there you go. Uh, and I'm not gonna play the. Well, I guess I. You know, I didn't play it in the regular. I play the regular guests. Sure, why not? Because you know, you they, they're gonna get. They're they're they're. <laughs> I said I wasn't gonna slurp and moan, and now I'm fumfering. Here we go. Home networking. Stop laughing. It's not funny. When is a good fairy going to? Take off my penis. It's none of your business. It may be silly, but I guess we have to ask it. Are you are you are you gay? It's none of your business. Nonsense, babber. English, motherfucker. Do you speak it? This is crap. It's just radio. I'm Brian Cox. <laughs> All right, there you go. Okay, that's fine. So, uh, so yeah, so so I gave my first ride today as an Uber driver. So this is kind of interesting. So at the beginning of the pandemic. Uh, which is now, I guess, technically today. So today is March the 1st, which means I think in California, the governor declared that the pandemic is officially over. And what that means is lots of benefits that were available to folks during the pandemic are no longer available. And so I think this will probably hurt folks who are challenged financially to begin with. This just makes life even more difficult for them, which really fucking sucks. But uh, uh, <laughs> yeah, I, I, I'm still going to make noises. I, I'm, I'm not really, I, I'm professional in that I have been paid to do this, um, but I'm sloppy professional, which is a whole other thing. Anyhow, at the beginning of the pan, I was almost going to swallow again. And then what happens is I, I make all of these slip smacking noises and then I do all of these deep swallows. And so it's disgusting. And then I realize as I listen back to the show before I put it up online, it's disgusting. And so I have to go in and edit it out. And I, probably these days could create a filter, right? The Like a chat GPT style machine learning that could remove all of the swallows <laughs> 
<laughs> and the spinning and the ums and I I that's actually not a bad idea. Maybe that would be a fun thing to have somebody uh, help build for me. In any event, um, at the beginning of the pandemic. Uh, I thought to myself, well, I, I'm not going to be able to generate any income, and I feel like I want to, uh, from the normal work that I was doing, it might be nice to uh, to supplement my income with something like doing food delivery, right? I figured like uh, Uber Eats or DoorDash or things of that nature, and so I went through the process. In addition, full, full disclosure, um, at the beginning of the pandemic, um, food delivery drivers were considered essential workers, which meant that you were able to get uh, the vaccine uh, a little bit earlier. And and the reason that that matters is not because uh, I'm some uh, privileged white kid, um, although I am a privileged white kid, but that wasn't it. It's because I have an immune deficiency. Uh, I, I have a selective IgG deficiency, which makes me susceptible to lots and lots of upper respiratory viruses. I won't, won't go into any of that stuff. And so I felt a, a little bit extra at risk and wanted to be able to get the vaccine. And they were making it really challenging for folks. And unless you had cancer, sort of an active cancer diagnosis, they weren't allowed. Anyhow, so, but, but drivers were able to get, uh, were able to get the vaccine early. And so, of course, now, like, and then, of course, like, nobody fucking wanted the vaccine. But the world is a weird place. Anyhow, so I signed up for Uber. I signed up for Lyft. I went through their process. I got all of my documentation in, and they did a background check on me, and I had my car inspected remotely. I think I did it initially by using a Zoom application, and I held my phone up to my tires so that somebody could look at things and flashed headlights and all that kind of shit. But I never actually went out and did a drive with anyone. I think partly because I was a little nervous. Early on, we didn't really know what the nature of the pandemic was and how the virus spread. Uh, and so I didn't know whether sitting in a car with somebody would be especially dangerous or maybe especially uh, safe. Um, anyhow, I never wound up, <laughs> it's one of those sounds, I never wound up taking any rides. Uh, and also people weren't really using ride sharing a lot during the earliest days of the pandemic. Cut to about a month ago, I get a notification from Uber, who has been very diligent about this process, saying that my documentation is expiring. And I am someone who always wants to be qualified. I want to be board ready. I want to, I want to be camera ready. I want to be board certified. I want to be ready to go on at a moment's notice. Even if I decide never to do the thing, I, was, I never want somebody to tell me that I can't do something, which is goes way the fuck back to my childhood and, and all of that stuff. Again, it's, it's interesting to see that some of these patterns that I recognize now as an adult, I can try trace their, their lineage all the way back to, to really shitty behavior that I experienced as a kid. And, and so understanding that helps me, but it doesn't erase the fact that that, that that circuitry is built into me. And so when it came around to the Uber thing, I thought, well, I, first of all, you ought to reapprove re me. So let's go through the background clearance thing again, because I'm not worried about that. There's nothing there that I'm concerned about. And let's get the car inspected. And so this time I went through a different app, I think called Checks.ai, no relation to the serial 
and and I took cameras and pictures and 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 I got the car approved. And by, by the way, I I wonder whether they really actually do any kind of checking because one of the things they're supposed to look for is to make sure you have enough tread in your tire. And the way here in the United States that traditionally you have checked for the amount of tread on a tire is to put a penny, uh, a one cent coin with Abraham Lincoln on it into the tire upside down and the top of Lincoln's head should be covered. Um, and there's probably a joke in there about the top of JFK's head being covered, but that's not this kind of a show. Anyhow, and so that's great, except that the camera with the phone and taking it so close, like, it was all fucking fuzzy and shit, and I go, like, I'm pretty sure I'm going to get a note back saying, like, everything else passes, we can see the, the lights and hear the horn and the windshield wipers and all that stuff, but, like, you got to do a better job with the tires. But nope, it was like, you're done, you're passed. So it was like, great. And then I got stuck into this hell where, and, and everyone who's listening to this, regardless of where you are and, and what, your, what your experience in life has been, has been involved in this kind of customer support hell where somebody is sitting in front of a computer terminal or a sheet of paper and they're reading to you things that have nothing to do with the problem that you're experiencing. And the problem that I was experiencing is that... Um, when I signed up for Uber and for Lyft, I was under 65, and so therefore I had regular health insurance that I paid for out of my own pocket. And in California, there is an health insurance stipend where if you drive more than a certain number of hours a week for one of these rideshare companies, they will help kick in to some of the insurance cost, which is great. Um, I am now over 65, so I no longer have a private insurance that way. I now am covered by Medicare, and I've got a Medicare supplement, Medigap coverage, and all of that good stuff. Um, but the dot, but the but the system was asking me to upload proof of my insurance. And so I thought, all right, well, I'll upload my Medicare card. Well, that was, I think, the mistake that I made because then it was like, well, this is the wrong kind of card. And now I'm in this endless fucking loop of, oh, right, because I don't qualify for the stipend because it says specifically on your, on your page that you don't provide a stipend for people who are covered by public insurance like Medicare or Medicaid or Medi-Cal or any of these public assistance programs. And I couldn't get out of this, this loop and so was not able to go online. Meanwhile, I found uh, a bunch of um, uh, forums, especially on Reddit, where drivers are talking about their experiences with Uber and Lyft, and mostly they're just complaining about customers and passengers. And it's, it, it's enough to make you think, like, maybe I don't want to do this, even though I've been an Uber and a Lyft passenger, I don't know. I don't know, a hundred times, maybe close to a hundred times. And, and I've, I'm, I think I'm a good passenger. I always tip well, I'm polite, I'm kind, I'm, you know, all of those kinds of things. And so I figured like, there's at least a possibility that I'm going to get a passenger like me. I can't be the only one out there like this. But one of the things that they did say was make sure you have a camera in your car, that there's a dash cam and get a dash cam that both records out the front of the car and also records the cabin of the car. That is the best way to protect yourself these days, and then put stickers on the window that say that the, the car is protected by a camera for everyone's safety, because people are unlikely to want to fuck around if they know that they're going to be on a camera. So it took me a couple of days. The camera came in. I figured out how to get the camera wired up and understand how it was working. And I finally got somebody somewhere with a South Asian accent who was actually very diligent and worked to get my account cleared, although I'm still getting the warning message that my health insurance is the wrong document. But so far, at least I'm, I'm able to go online, which I'll talk about. 
And so um, the past few days, um, I have been in probably the deepest depression that I have been in in quite a while because I've been feeling pretty good for a while and haven't been doing the kind of cycling that I knew that I was doing. And I, I will avoid all of the background as to why things got really bad, but things got really bad. And for at least for me, when I get into those dark spaces, I feel it in my bones. Like my, my, my joints ache, my muscles hurt. Like I physically am in pain and discomfort. That's how, that when depression gets to be so bad. But somehow I was able to kind of say to myself, well, let's at least try to get this app going. And so earlier today, I got myself all washed up and I got myself dressed and I went out to the car and I printed out a couple of Uber placards because you have to have what they call trade dress, which basically means that you list yourself on the car, basically a sticker or something that says that you're an Uber driver. And so I didn't know if I was going to go to the that's especially important for airports. I didn't know that. But anyhow, I figured, I don't know if I'm going to go to the airport or not. So I made, I printed out a couple of signs because I don't have anything and I pasted them on the car. And then I took the stickers that I got from Amazon and I put those on the windows and I got like a little placard that goes around the back of the seat that says, remember to take your stuff with you, basically turning my, my car into a cab, which is fine. And, and then launched the app and then went out and, and went live, went online and went live. And it was sort of terrifying. Like I sat there. I think the first thing that happened was somebody like immediately I was offered a drive um, from the South Bay up to San Francisco, like 45 miles or 50 miles. And it would have been like a $50 run, which would have been like amazing. But I thought, oh, shit, like for a very first time out to like be in the car with somebody for an hour and then find myself in San Francisco and not know whether I would be able to get a ride, take me back to the South Bay or whether I don't know that I want to spend my first day driving around San Francisco. I mean, I know the city, but I don't know it as well as I know the South Bay. So I, I turned that down and then I turned something else down and I thought, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to go over to Apple's campus because I got a figure that during the middle of the day, there must be people at the Apple campus, either at the old original Infinite Loop campus or at the new uh, Apple Park, who either want to go from Apple campus to someplace else or, you know, they want to take a, a drive to another facility and they didn't have their car or whatever. And I thought that's a safe kind of thing to do. And so I went over to Apple. Also, I feel comfortable because I spent so much time there. And a bunch of offers came through and it was really interesting to see the offers come through and I think people, I don't know, I, again, this is all new to me, but I think there's a sense of like, oh, you're going to make, you know, if a, if a trip costs, you know, $15, the driver is going to get $10 or $12. And the, the, the deals I was being off was like $350 and $5. And there was one that should have been like $20 for an Uber Green, which is if you have a car that's a hybrid or a fully electric vehicle, which, which I do, I should have taken that one. That would have been a good one, except there is no should. And so like now I'm frozen, right? So now I'm sort of sitting in my car, sitting in a parking lot and like there's not very many things coming by and I don't I'm sure the algorithm is like, "Oh, well if you're not taking rides, we're not going to keep offering them to you because that just makes our customers wait longer." I, again, I don't know what's going on in the background, 
but I'm sitting and and I get one and it's like somebody wants to go from Apple Park to the Apple Infinite Loop campus. And it's like $5. And I thought, oh man, this is like when I started doing stand-up years ago. Like you take classes and you practice and you practice and you work with your friends and you do it in the classroom. But the only way to really do stand-up is you have to get up in front of a fucking audience, right? You gotta make people who don't know you laugh. And I think that as I'm sitting there, I'm thinking to myself, the only way to actually know what the experience of driving rideshare is like is I got to fucking take somebody for a ride who I don't know. And so the thing comes in and I accept it. And immediately the first thing I recognize is the person's name is in Chinese characters, <laughs> which is a problem. And so it's like, oh, shit. Okay, fine. So I figure out where the person is and I go and pick them up. It's a very nice. So it turns out it's a very nice young man, somebody in their 20s who's from Taiwan, who is a huge tech geek, who is visiting friends here in the United States. And this person is a giant Apple fan. And uh, and so he was at the Apple Park facility and at the Apple store, and now he's going to go over to the main, the old campus, the old Apple campus, and he notices that my license plate um, has the name of one of these uh, self-driving uh, robo-taxi companies on it, because that's where I worked for, for a while, and so... Um, very nice fellow. We have a we we are not in the car for very long. I don't know, maybe 10, 12 minutes, but we have a, a really nice conversation about self-driving vehicles and level four and level five and and you know what what, what technology he knows about Apple. He's got like an original, I think, 20th anniversary Macintosh, which of course I remember I was at Apple when we released it, which was effectively, as I recall, like a power book, but mounted upright. But it was effectively the income the, the innards of a, of a power book, which was what we had before we had the MacBook when we used to have the old power PC architecture. Again, real fucking deep here. Anyhow, we, we went through this thing. I dropped him off. I made, a, I made a mistake in turn, but of course he didn't know I made a mistake because he's not from the area. So I wound up making a mistake, but still was able to, I know the area well enough, was able to get him over there and got him and dropped him off and said, thank you very much. I gave him five stars and then I, like, I'm shaking at this point. Again, like, it's like I came off of stage. I remember the very first time that I did stand-up. It was in San Francisco at a little club, and I went up, and I had, I don't know, like, three minutes of material, and it was garbage. Like, I, I, I had a joke about... Um, Crow Airlines, every passenger is allowed only one piece of carrion, <laughs> which I still think is funny. And then I did like an impression of Burgess Meredith as as Mick, uh, the trainer in Rocky. <laughs> You're going to eat lightning and crap thunder. And uh, see, I still got it. And uh, I forget, I had like two or three little fucking jokes. But, but but I got off stage and I was buzzing. I mean, talk about like electroshock therapy, but coming from the inside. And so I finished this ride. I gave the, the this lovely kid, you know, five star rating and made sure, you know, made sure he had everything he needed. And then I like pulled into the parking lot because I was at the Apple, the old Apple campus. I pulled into the parking lot, um, by the way, which was packed. 
So the idea that people are not coming back to work, I don't know what Apple's rule is about working from home, et cetera, et cetera. And today is a Wednesday, as I mentioned. But the Apple campus was fucking packed today. Like it was almost like some of the parking lots had no spaces, which is crazy. Because I would say like even three months ago, like the parking lots were empty. So maybe Wednesday is, is Apple campus day or maybe it's Prince Spaghetti day or whatever the fuck it was. And so like now I'm buzzing. Like and and by the way, like like again, like all of the chemicals that flood my brain, like the idea of depression is completely fucking gone at this point. I mean, it may come back later on, but it's so interesting how much of this is is addressable with behavior and activities. And then immediately I get a notification from Uber and says, congratulations on your first ride, right? So like I'm no longer an, an Uber virgin, you know, like I now, and then it's like, hey, you got your first five-star rating. So this fellow was nice enough to give me five stars. And then they gave me a $5 tip. So I got first ride, five stars, $5 tip from this kid. And and I, it's so funny because I felt like I'm good. Like if I never drive again, like I feel like I, I got this shit covered at this point. And so it's it was um, very exciting. And, and as someone who is really interested in um, both the gig economy and, and how that works, because it's easy to talk about it if you've never experienced it. But I would have to say that uh, apart from the fact that I turned down a lot of uh, a lot, meaning I think I turned down five or six opportunities in the course of a couple of hours. But it wasn't like there were, you know, new opportunities coming through every two or three minutes. Like I waited 10 minutes before I saw anything. And sometimes I played another 10 minutes and then maybe another 15 minutes. Like it was not that packed with opportunities. And I don't know if part of the reason for that is that the pricing, at least here in California, Northern California for Uber and Lyft has gone up ex- extremely, I think, because they're no longer subsidizing the rides from the company and they're trying to turn a profit. And so it doesn't have the same appeal that it previously did. But also to understand what the experience is of trying to figure out how to get people where they want to be and the pickup experience and the drop-off experience, because I'm still interested. I, I'm still, as I mentioned, I, I'm, I think in the past podcast, I'm consulting with a company that's doing some work in the, uh, in the sensor and the perception space. And, um, and I previously was at Zooks uh, as, uh, as a consultant and chief of staff and acting head of policy and regulatory. And um, I may do some work with them again. I love those guys and I love what they're trying to do there. And so it feels to me like this is a way of eating your own dog food. But in any event, um, I, I, my camera worked perfectly and the signs all work perfectly and I have $10.40 in my Uber account at this point and, and I'd like to, I'm going to probably go out again. I don't know if I'm taking a drive to San Francisco, maybe, it depends on the day I suppose, but it will be interesting to see. I'd like to get some more rides under my belt, but it's, it's, um, it's no longer, I, 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 I'm now, I'm now officially, I'm now officially an Uber driver, so, uh, just waiting for the t-shirt and the baseball cap and we should be good to go. So that was that was very, 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 very exciting. On the other side, um, I, I spent a lot, I think, and, and I think this probably had something to do with... Um, with my mood, not not completely, because I, I think a lot of this has to do with some challenges I'm facing with my actual physical health, not my mental health, but my physical health, which I will, again, not bore you with. Old Jews talking about their health is about the most cliche thing I can imagine. Uh, but I have uh, I, I've been uh, doing uh, doing music. <laughs> no, I have been 
playing and uh, and learning how to become better at the instruments that I play and doing some composing uh, during the pandemic. And uh, you can do an awful lot of amazing uh, sort of orchestral composing these days uh, using computers and sound libraries. And there is a company out of the UK called Spitfire, and they have... Uh, and to my ears, some of the best sounding libraries out there. The folks that put this company together were really meticulous in thinking about sound and ambiance, and so not only recording amazing musicians and amusing instruments, but in amazing spaces. So they recorded, for example, a tremendous number of libraries in the Abbey Road studios, and and even if you're not a musician, there is something about the quality of the Abbey Road studio that when an instrument is played there, the reflections that come off the walls and the materials and all of that stuff, like it sounds Abbey Road-ish. And so I love this company's material. And one of the co-founders, without getting into the, the details, got involved in a whole anti-trans thing, I don't know exactly where this came from. In the UK, the the the, the whole turf trans exclusionary radical feminist thing feels different than it does here in the United States, and so I don't really understand the whole thing. But there are a number of very high-profile UK folks who I used to love, you know, in, including J.K. Rowling and and uh, and uh, a fellow named Glinner who did um, Father Ted and the IT crowd and 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 they've sort of doubled down on on this anti-trans sentiment and the one of the fellows from from Spitfire sort of did the same thing and and then left and then came back again and then was forced to leave again decided that being involved in the company was creating just too much turmoil and so they left which sucks right but but i understand that meanwhile on facebook there is a spitfire support group which had like over 6000 members where people would talk about what they were doing with libraries and what worked and what didn't work and they would share things and the person who was the moderator, I think there was just one person who was a moderator, decided that they were going to turn this group into a support group for the person who was the co-founder of Spitfire and left the company and, and started to create a highly political environment in the middle of what had been otherwise unpolitical environment. And again, I try not to live my life around trans advocacy or trans activism, A, because life is too short. And, and I also feel like for me, the best way to be an advocate is for me to live my best life, right? To get to know me outside of that particular identity. But this was such a what such an awful thing, and and I've had some folks in the in the past six months or so sort of approach me to ask me to talk about my trans experience. That I thought, well, maybe given what's happening in the world these days here in the United States, they're now looking to make drag shows illegal. I mean, it's just fucking insane. And so I wrote something on this uh, Spitfire uh, users group page, not not affiliated with the company. And, and was immediately thrown out of the group, which is insane. And so I'm going to read it. Um, I, I've shared it with some friends of, uh, of mine on, on Facebook. I think people have sort of reached out. I, I think, I've talked about this in the past week, there is a sense of wanting to be an ally, trans ally, which is, which is wonderful. Obviously, I love my friends. I love my family. I love anyone who wants to be an ally to the community. Um, as I've said before, like it, it's a part of my identity, but it's not the most important part of my identity. If it's the only thing that you know about me, then I haven't done a good job in 
telling you how weird I really am. Um, and yet, um, I, I think it's important for folks to understand that simply being a silent supporter may no longer be sufficient. So this is what I wrote. Hi. <laughs> Hi. I've been a member here for quite a while, but have never posted. Mostly, I'm here to learn, to listen, and to be part of the greater creative community. I'm a lifelong musician, nascent composer, artist, designer, writer, teacher, lawyer, actor, comedian, family member, loyal friend, part-time baker, full-time dog walker, and I'm trans. And until recently, that last part, the trans thing, not the dog thing, was kind of 1,000% irrelevant to my experience in this group, and that was a good thing, because of all the attributes you can use to describe me, and there are certainly many more, I'm still trying to figure out how to humble brag that I took a 25-cent toll from Art Garfunkel on the New York State Thruway when I was 19. When it comes to making music, being trans doesn't feel like it should be a barrier to entry. So I felt good about being a member of this group, and now I no longer feel welcome. And I understand this is a complicated issue. It's hard to separate the artist from the art, the creator from the creation, and that damn dog from that bit of dead squirrel pelty found on our walk. I devoured Rowling's work when I was younger. I lived for each new episode of the IT crowd. And the libraries that I got from Spitfire and Piano Book inspired me in ways I never thought possible. Now I have to figure out how to contextualize something which expanded my world and brought me joy in light of the words and actions of its creator, who in each case, is someone who's used their public platform to try and set boundaries around the legitimacy of my actual existence. And yeah, I know, that feels like a really big swing. But the act of naming something is the ultimate exercise of power. And however you may feel, my life and my humanity are not up for debate. And until recently, I never thought it'd be something I'd have to say in a group devoted to making music. But today I do. And that makes me sad. Because in a place which used to bring me joy, I no longer feel welcome. And whether I stay or go or get tossed out, which I did, a question you may want to ask is, how do you feel about a place where someone like me, who ultimately let the dog keep that bit of dead squirrel pelt because there are some things that are just not worth fighting for, I no longer feel welcome. And I posted that, <clears throat> and, <laughs> sorry for the cough, and literally, literally, th three minutes later, I was removed from this group, which fucking sucks, um, because there's another group that's been created that's got about 500 people in it, which is wonderful, but 500 is not 6,000, and there's a, there's a history and a, and a, a kind of a, 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 a back catalog of information, and it's no longer available to me. And again, like, I don't think there's anything in there that I wrote that you would say, well, that's really fucking inflammatory. Um, and so uh, I will, <coughs> sorry, I will finish by saying that I reached out to the company. Um, and I, because I, I, the company has been, in my mind, strangely silent about this whole thing. And I, I wrote to them uh, a couple of days ago, and I said, I'm sure you've received a lot of information on this topic. I'll be brief. I basically recounted all of this. I said, but in the aftermath, uh, the places that I usually go to learn and commiserate with other customers, they've all become toxic. Uh, I was tossed out of this Facebook group. Um, their own company group now has nonsense in the comments. And while music is offered a sanctuary during the pandemic, the last thing I expected was for that to become a place that added to my anxiety. And so I, I want to let you know that I'm sad about this. I've given you thousands of dollars for my software, but I don't think I'm going to be able to do this anymore. And uh, to their credit, they wrote back to me today. 
Um, and it says, Dear Robin, I'll read this and, and finish this up. Dear Robin, thank you very much for reaching out to us. We do not control the Facebook group, and we are appalled by the way you've been treated. Uh, Spitfire, the company of over 100 different people, is absolutely committed to diversity. You'll find a very warm welcome on our own website forum if you wish to visit. Although we understand it's probably not as busy as the group you found on Facebook, we will always embrace and support inclusivity, and in that grain, we take positive action in supporting a number of initiatives, both corporate and charitable, internal and external, to further this. We will continue with our work to bring joy of music to the creation of all communities, and very much hope that you will share in this with warmest regards the Spitfire team. So um, it's hard to complain about that response. It's not... That doesn't it doesn't solve my issue, but maybe there's maybe there's some hope. And uh, uh oh, sixty seconds remaining. Well, you know what that means. Um, in the sixty seconds remaining, let me make a very, 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 very strong recommendation for the series Poker Face with a P into the popping microphone. Poker Face, starring Natasha Lyonne uh, on the Peacock <laughs> Network. Um, it is fucking awesome. I did not know what to expect. I love Natasha Lyonne. I've, I have loved her since she was in Down and Out in Beverly Hills when she was like a little kid. Um, I think over the years she's had a bunch of different roles, but she is now at this point in her life fully leaned in to being all Natasha Lyonne all the time, and I I am on board with that. I definitely can uh, can sign up for that. And 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 after watching, because the first episode is really nothing like the f- the next episodes, all the other episodes. So if if you watch the first episode and you weren't sure, keep watching. But after watching two or three episodes, I thought this feels like a bit of an homage to the old show Columbo, starring Peter Falk, where you kind of know the crime, like at the very, very beginning of the episode, and then the rest of the episode is spent like figuring out how the detective is going to figure out the, the, who did the crime. But you already know, you're, you're better, you, you sort of have that position. And, and that's what this is. And if you put in uh, Poker Face and Columbo, you'll find that I'm not the first person to recognize this uh, or, or even the smartest person to recognize this. And, um, and so if you like that kind of show, highly, highly recommend it. All right, there you go. Thanks very much for listening to episode number eight. Not the podcast is a production of the Snazz Lodger Radio Company. It's hosted by Rod- Red Circle, a fantastic platform for podcasts and brands to scale their message. Check them out at redcircle.com. Our theme music was written and recorded by me, Robin Goldstein. You can contact us for writing to Robin at notthepodcast.show. That's Robin, R-O-B-I-N, at notthepodcast.show. Or sending us a text or leaving a voicemail at 470-PODCAST. And on, we're also, fuck Twitter, we're on, uh, yeah, because he's a fucking anti-trans asshole, too. We're on uh, Mastodon. It's Robin at schnauzer.social, Robin at schnauzer.social, and until next week, I hate the silence. <laughs> show up, pay attention, pay atten- show up, show up, pay attention, tell the truth, and don't be attached to the outcome. Oh, and also, I got 10 Not the Podcast die cut three inch stickers that are gorgeous. So if you want one, uh, send me an email with your mailing address and I'll throw one in the envelope for you. All right, there you go. Thanks very much. We'll see you again. Bye. It's over now and you just got to deal with it. I want you to know it's over. It's over, Johnny. It's over. It's over. Go away. It's over.
Harvey. I'm sorry. I need to get on with my life. You're still here? It's over. Go home. Go. Elvis has left the building. There's a lot to be said for making people laugh. Did you know that's all some people have? It isn't much, but it's better than nothing in this cockeyed caravan. This is the Schnauzer Logic Radio Company.